This is for you, this is for you and me, and who we see when we see each other. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. And you're not crazy anymore, you've been waiting at the door. And it's time to open. You bet it's time to open. You are listening to Waking Up in America, dynamic radio dialogues on life today in America. Brought to you by Key Media, BRAGG.com, Happily200.com, The Coding Company, Sir Jason Winter T, DrVal.com, and RandyShannon.com. And that's Randy with an I, and a little hard over it, too, that I. You know, what can I say? <laughs> Dedicating this program to your friend Ted, who was my landlord and friend for 27 years, and um, every every Christmas I brought I brought him a bottle of single malt scotch because that's what he liked. And I'm going to Ted's funeral today. So Ted, uh, I know you loved being political with me and having all those conversations that we had, and I just want to say thank you for your friendship over 27 years and you will be so sorely missed. Uh, Ted died a couple of weeks ago at the ripe old age of 88. And uh, he was he was the guy that fixed bicycles in the Pacific Palisades and I had the privilege of um, having my office in his building and I actually, my friend Jim and I actually got together and we actually oiled this wood building that Ted owned. He didn't consider oiling that important. He just wanted everything in shape, but we I wanted it oiled, so Jim and I oiled the building, and then we started a courtyard with ficus trees in it and things like that. So, And then Tim was, uh, Ted was very gracious with me about certain things as well. So we had a partnership going on in that building, and uh, I don't know what's, how that's all going to work now, but it's just like, what a fine man, what a very fine man. Uh, in the Palisades, we actually have something called um, spark plugs. And spark plugs in the Palisades are people that make things happen. And um, Ted was one of those spark plugs. So bye-bye, Ted, and thank you for having been here, and thank you for having been my friend for uh 27 years, and I'm going to go over <clears throat> to the amphitheater on Los Leones and uh, formally send you on your way with all of the people that loved you, and <laughs> you guys are going to love it. They had to get an amphitheater to handle all the people that wanted to thank Ted, so today's your day, Ted, and you love what we're up to because part of what we're up to today is talking about <clears throat> climate change. It's about talking about what Trudeau said, and it's about people that slime their way around without taking responsibility. The first one I dramatically noticed was Hillary Clinton. The second one is Kathy Griffin, and Kathy and Hillary, whatever you, <laughs> you whatever you get, you deserve, as, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, hmm. what can I say? Bob Costa of the Home Shopping Network said we're doing radio that's changing the world. I would almost think it's almost like more like we're informing the world. 
So if you happen to hear a phone ringing, a dog barking, or an angel singing, we call in from our homes and offices all over the world to cause this program. Uh, Randy, you're in Miami still, right? I actually am headed up to Jacksonville, Florida. I should be there tomorrow. Okay. So Randy's on the move. Okay. I'm on the move. I'm in St. Augustine. And, Do I uh, like, I yeah, like that. Yeah, no, Went went to a fort yesterday, and it was pretty unbelievable. There was a spot on the wall in the fort where there was all kinds of, I mean, it's very old, bullet holes all over it. There were two spots, and that's where they would, that history doesn't talk about this, and in fact, their, their tours don't seem to talk about it. Uh, nothing in the visitors section talks about it, but that's where they would line up people. Um, Indians mainly, and took them out. And there was like two walls that were just absolutely riddled with bullets. Why were they of, taking the Indians out? Well, you know, if they were marching them from southern Florida all the way up and out, you know, it's probably in their mindset easier to just get rid of half of them, wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting you brought up Indians because um, Trudeau just went after the Pope. Uh, for all of the um, crimes against the indigenous people of Canada. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's disgusting to me that people who welcomed us to this this continent have been treated so shabbily. And uh, I actually have a number of friends that are Yurok and they're on reservations, and you ought to see. It's not pretty what happens on those reservations. You've got a lot of alcoholism. You've got a lot of shuffling around, and every time the government finds out there's something good on the reservation, then they move them to a rattier spot. So I'm really acknowledging Trudeau of Canada for telling the Pope off, and uh, I think a few other people need to tell the Pope off, because perhaps, are you aware, guys, that the Pope forgave 2,000 priest pedophiles? Does anybody know about that? Wow, no. Yeah. How does that High number. Imagine. Thousands of them have mm-hmm. been absolved by the Pope. So we'll see what he does with all the indigenous people that were led down the trail. And, and your wall, Randy, is, ew, it, it gives me shivers. You think that good yeah. people, just because they were in the way of land grabbers, get to be lined up against a wall and shot. Exactly. Not... You know, we can be ignorant, but once this stuff is known to us, then we have to do something about it. Well, you're a history major. I'm curious, did they teach that? <laughs> uh, exactly. Actually, there <laughs> I is a book so. it in, um, and I'm trying to think of the name of it. It's like the History of the United States, something like that? Yeah. If you read that book, the history is in there. I can't remember the name of the guy that read it, but he talks about the slaves being brought over from Africa. He talks about how they were wedged in, like shoulder to shoulder, in the uh, in the um, in the holes of the ships. He talks about how they actually started eating each other because they weren't being fed. You know the dead bodies. It's just it's it's awful. We've managed to excuse and. Um, you, you know, I think a present-day version of this, and Paul and um, Sherry feel free to comment, Kathy Griffin <laughs> is now blaming President Trump for her failure. She's talking about white 
men putting her down, and she's the one that actually held the um, simulated head of President Trump being decapitated, and Baron Trump actually saw it and thought his father had been killed, and he's been very hard to um, calm down. I, I can't imagine. I imagine that kid's going to have post-traumatic shock syndrome from that, unless somebody. It's a horrendous thing to do. I mean, what kind of person does that? We're, the only people that we're seeing do that is the terrorists, Islamist terrorists, or however it is. You know, I mean, is someone in our country doing that in regards well, I to think the president of the United States of America. Really? Well, you just talked about Indians being lined up against the wall and shot. It doesn't look like this behavior is new. I read where she's being investigated. I did too, and I, I <laughs> what is that? What is that company that she worked for? Squatty Body. Oh, I, pardon I, me. I was, you know, would like to say her, see her stick her own head in the pot because I think she already has, but she's blaming everybody else for it now. When she found out she had lost like five concerts or something like that of that nature, then she started apologizing. Then a day later, she starts saying about how she's being scapegoated and she's being terrorized and all this stuff. And I, I don't like Anderson Cooper. <laughs> He's a person I have very little respect for. But even Anderson Cooper got uh, CNN got on and said this is unacceptable. So thank you for that, Anderson. I may have to change my opinion of you if you start to grow up and grow some balls. And I, I assure you that's only going to be momentary, you know. He'll return, <laughs> to, he'll return to his leopard spots, you know, and his moral ambivalence uh, in a couple of days. But <laughs> let's, let's all understand something that's very, very critical. Had not Kathy Griffin been a person of, uh, shall we say, media significance and sort of a, a very shady celebrity, and if it had been just a private citizen doing this, the Secret Service and the agencies would be down on that person like several tons of bricks. Um, and what would they do, Paul? Well, because, you know, we have laws against uh, uh, fomenting violence and uh, basically, uh, you know, suggesting that assassinations are the proper political uh, method for solving uh, problems. And that's all that uh, uh, she did. It's a very, very ancient political trick uh, to foment violence and to apologize for it. But once you apologize for it, it doesn't matter because the damage has been done. And you have to consider all of the people out there who are, you know, marginal fanatics who have simply been encouraged by what she did. Yes. So uh, is this kind of like inciting to riot? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Do you think she is getting a visit? Because I don't care if she is a celebrity. I think that kind of move warrants a visit. I think so, too, Randy. I have to agree. Me too. Paul, will she get a visit? Um, I'm not quite sure, you know, <clears throat> how it's going to be handled with uh, with the agencies, but I have a strong suspicion that there will be an investigation conducted about uh, the staff and the producers of uh, the video. I don't, 
I don't know uh, necessarily, you know, what their political affiliations are, but I suspect that those are going to be examined uh, with great scrutiny. Yeah, and I'd like to know what's going to happen to that little boy. Oh, well, that's just incredibly tragic, you know. He, like, totally lost it, and I don't blame him. He has been scarred mentally, psychologically, uh, and, you know, as a son for life. Yeah, wow. it's a horrific move. She she had no right. She had no right. We're supposed to be a better, more civilized people than that. Well, see, what you're touching on, too, Wendy, is all of this blatantly stupid stuff that we're getting about climate change, all the trashing that's going on about decisions that Trump has made. As far as I know, the climate change Paris Agreement Accord uh, has to do with a, a one-degree change in climate change. And my understanding was is that Barack Obama actually put it together because he wanted to um, get things from all those different countries, you know, get connections and get monies and things. And recently I've been looking at the expenses of the Obamas. I didn't know that they got to keep taking vacations and charging outrageous sums of money now that he's not president. And he's acting like he's president. He's traveling all over the place talking. Uh, anybody got any comments on that? I don't think any of us knew that. Uh, the only comment I have to make is that uh, uh, much of President Obama's traveling uh, was purposeless other than for self-aggrandizement. It had no political uh, goal. He was never successful in achieving anything on any of his travels other than getting a suntan. (laughs) 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 You know. (laughs) Great comment. Did you see Santana oil? Oh, well. Look, the whole Paris Agreement is a very, very sad thing. Um, It it was just another thinly veiled scheme uh, to leverage the violations uh, being committed by other countries, industrial countries. And uh, as Trump said, there's uh, there's just no excuse for an agreement uh, without enforcement. If it had been a treaty, that would have been different. But an agreement cannot be enforced. Whether it was uh, United Nations related or not, you can't go to Pakistan, you can't go to India, you can't go to China, uh, because you don't have a club to enforce their particular grotesque violations of uh, a climate uh, agreement. If you go to China right now, China is being polluted, poisoned. Its own people are being poisoned by the furious pace of industrialization that China is keeping up with no regard to the climate that they are dooming their citizens to live in. My son just came back from two and a half years in Shanghai. He considers himself and my two little grandchildren to be, I guess, you know, for the rest of their lives, uh, carriers uh, within their bodies of the pollution 
that they absorbed it during their two and a half years. If you go to Beijing, 72% of the people in Beijing wear masks. The northern provinces that provide much of the agricultural supply to China uh, have polluted soil in which the food is grown. I polluted will, with what? What are they polluting it with? All toxics, industrial effluents that get into the Yangtze River and then spread out through the tributaries into the water table. And they're working people 20 hours a day, too. Have you heard about that? They've got, like, suicide nets around their buildings. Well, you know, it's worse, it's worse than that. Uh, if you take a look over the last three years, 782 people have died in mining accidents. They've just been left there. Back in 1991, 1992, and the fewer has passed, but in 1991 and 1992, it was confirmed that 11% of Chinese production was coming from convicts and prisoners. So they're using convicts and prisoners, uh, or political prisoners, to do manufacturing at zero cost. Well, we do that in this country, too, don't we? I think we pay them like 50 Well, you know, it's a big difference between manufacturing license plates and fuel injection uh, equipment for automobiles. <laughs> well, it's the 20 hours a day for children and the suicide nets that get me going, I'll tell you. I mean, well, I get I, what you're saying. And also, the, in the Paris Accord, I believe China is the worst polluter in the entire world. So China's, China's number one, India's number two, Pakistan is number three. Uh, for a very brief period, um, not that their contribution was significant, but on a local basis, uh, South Korea for about two years uh, was a significant polluter of, of their own environment. But of course, they've, uh, they've cleaned that up with uh, cultural precipitators that they put on the smokestacks and so on. So they've, they worked very hard to and Vietnam uh, was becoming a polluter, and they have cleaned up their act. But the big three are, are China, uh, Pakistan, and India. Uh, and for a while, we were in the big three, uh, but we no longer are. Well, wouldn't those, uh, all those people are in the Paris Agreement, right? All those countries? Well, they're in the Paris Agreement uh, simply to benefit from the fact that all the other countries are going to attempt to toe the line to the Paris Agreement while they themselves, because it's not enforced in any way, are going to continue to run rampant on their industrialization with no regard uh, for the climate. And by far, by far, the Chinese are the most blatant, the most vicious, and the most ferocious violators of uh, the climate. There's no question about it. Uh, and Val, you know, and all the people on the call know that uh, food production, you don't buy cat food coming out of China. Oh, you, you don't, don't buy, buy baby food that killed 61 babies at last count in the United States. Uh, I, oh, will, awesome. I will not touch any, any food coming out of China. Uh, Milmac the, and the baby food. You know, that's well, stuff they uh, make the plastic plates out of. Places like Big Lots, the 99-cent store, and the Dollar Tree store are flooded with food that's coming out of China. If you take a look at the very piously packaged 
um, preserves, uh, apricot preserves, strawberry preserves, uh, peach preserves um, that align the shelves. They come from China. Don't uh, touch it. Why did they allow that to come into our country when it's poison? Because we've done nothing about attempting to impose tariffs on foodstuffs coming from China. Um, the uh, Food and Drug Administration is attempting to do something, and uh, I think uh, Trump set up a committee uh, that's going to be reviewing all Chinese products coming into the United States. We're going to take uh, I, a break right now, and I really want you to pay attention to what's been discussed in the last 20 minutes or so, because what you've been hearing is a lot of fake news, but I'm going to give you some real news. I'm going to give you some great places to go. I want you to go to happily200.com and check out the possibility of living to be 200 years old and delighted about it. Uh, we're actually getting funding very soon, and the, the website's going to take a huge leap. We're going to have my cancer protocol on there for erasing cancer. There's all kinds of stuff about cancer that's up. You'll never have to put yourself in a chemotherapy machine again. We don't have that information yet, but it will be here as soon as the funding arrives. We've got Paul and Patricia Bragg's apple cider vinegar, which is a really reasonably priced thing. I think it's like under 4 or $5 a bottle. You take some of that every day. You strengthen yourself. We have Kayani, which means strong medicine. Now, I'm just giving you little flavors of this. All of these things are on our website. Check them out. Go in more deeply. That's one of the things that I wanted you to get today is a deeper look at the fake news that's being used to disqualify a man that was justly elected to the presidency of the United States, and he gets bashed at every corner, and as far as I'm concerned, he's been keeping his word wherever he could, wherever Congress didn't stop him. We've got coningcompany.com, which is for actually cleaning your eustachian tubes, which contain lots and lots and lots of um, the things that Paul and Sherry and Randy have been checking with. They, your eustachian tubes hold the a lot of the... Um, don't know all the right words for it, but the poisons, they get stacked up in there and they affect you, and um, the 5,000-year-old process of coning actually will clean it out. This is all in the website. RandyShannon.com. Randy works with uh, Dr. Joel Wallach and has some very powerful, um, very powerful tools for in improving your health, so you want to check that out, and that's R-A-N-D-I and then S-H-A-N-N. ON.com. Uh, let's see here. Now, if you follow the links on our site you, and educate yourself, this program, I don't know how many of you are, I know you're listening, but I don't know how many of you are following up what it is that we're talking about because with listening and following up and checking things out, you're going to be able to start to identify what the fake news is. You may not know why it's there or what kind of a fakery it is, but you know it's there. Uh, you want advertising? Go to Marketing with the Stars. The guy's got 100,000 names. You want the Galactic Federation you want to know? <laughs> Actually, I've been told um, by another person not related to um, Sheldon Nidal's Galactic Federation that the spaceships have already landed on Earth, and not only that, they're not here to harm us. They're here to get us through. 
for years we've been being brainwashed with that. We've got drvalerie.com, and on drvalerie.com, I actually will give you a complimentary session of the um, DNA breathwork clearing that I do. Waking up in America, you're here right now, and you're listening. Spread the word. So we can make a difference. We can do things. Listen to who's talking today. Uh, Sherry has been sending me emails because I'm supposed to be in a foreclosure sale by um, the 12th of June this month. And I'm not going to be in a foreclosure sale. I'm actually going after the attorneys and the banks that came after me. And yesterday I actually found forgery. Uh, I found that the the, um, notary's name had been forged. And what were those things that you sent me, Sherry? The one was where the contract is the secondary contract, things of that nature. I'm printing all that stuff out, and then I'm going to the FBI and t- file a suit on them for fraud. I'm going to do the bank and both of the legal companies that have been bugging me in the last couple of years. So I'm filing that, and yesterday I was told that I actually should not only do the FBI, but that I should let the local sheriffs know as well. So I'm doing that. And I'm actually, I know they've been trading my name on the on the New York Stock Exchange for the last 10 years. I know my house was paid for 10 years ago. I know. <laughs> I totally know they made a fortune off me, and I'm curious how much they made in 10 years. What do you think, Sherry? What could they have made off of me in 10 years? Oh my gosh, they've made billions off of you, but not only you, but but millions of other people that thought they were getting a mortgage loan and they did not get a mortgage loan. It was a security instrument. So um, there are many, many people that are affected by this and this, this Wall Street has made billions off of our signature. So tell them what to do to get, so they can get their names back, Sherry. Well, you have to do a DBA. You have to file a DBA in the state of Minnesota with the Secretary of State. It's a business, but they don't call that there. They call it name. It's called, it's called an ANC. What does that stand for? It's, an, it's a name change. Assumed name change. Yeah, there you go. Uh, they don't call it a D- We call it a DBA in California. They call it an assumed name change. So yes. I have one of those. Um, and I'm going to claim my money that they've been making off me for 10 years. Yes, and another thing that you need to do is you need to file an an affidavit that rescinds all of those signatures because they have forged our signatures many, many times over on any document. I didn't know about that one. Pardon me? I said I didn't know about that one. How do we do that? Uh, You create... You create an, a document where you just rescind every signature that has been forged by using your name. Do we have a form for it, and where is it filed? No, you create the affidavit in your own words, and you file it in the county. You file it um, with each of the agencies um, of, the, of your state, and then you take it to the national level. And, and when you, quote, take it to the national level, how are you doing that? 
you would send that to the office of John Kerry. I mean, not John Kerry, but is it Tillerson now? You mean Secretary of State? Secretary of State, yes. Okay, I get that. So it, the most important thing is to rescind that signature on every document that you did not sign. You know, it's really fun, uh, Sherry, because um, I got I got the assignment of deed. I went to the county records, and I got copies of the assignment of the deed. Uh-huh. There were a lot, five of them, and some were in Texas, and some were in Montana. One was in Wisconsin. Those states actually won't give you a certified copy, but good old California does. So I have a certified copy of the bond of the um, notary. That's what you want. You want to see what the notary's signature looked like when they applied for their notary bond. Then you take that signature and you compare it to your documents. <laughs> it's not even close. So you've got fraud right there. And I was also told to go to the local police department and file criminal fraud charges on the bank and the, um, and the attorneys that are per- perpetrating the fraud. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this it, is I'm actually having a time. Because what I, I see there's some legal issues. It's very difficult to um, put uh, legal constraints on the department and the division of the government uh, that actually works for the attorney general uh, of that particular state because it ends up uh, in the attorney general's uh, desk. It gets uh, gets complicated. One of the other problems is that you don't know a priori the totality of the documents, nor can you identify them that bear illegal forged versions of your name. You know there may be hundreds, there may be thousands out there, but how do you identify them? And they're all caps. You, how do you collect them? That's the trick. They're all caps. The signature is yes. talking about all caps, and on top of that, uh, there's a thing called a securitization audit, which tracks what's happened with the note you signed through all the years. I bought one of those securitization audits. I think it cost me $800,000, or $1,000, but I can track that bill all over the place, Paul. And what, what was interesting, Sherry was telling me that we didn't buy any property. What we bought was the lien on the property, and that's why they could. Um, that was why they could tax us and foreclose on us. So I went through the securitization audit. It's got this nice little thing where you can type in a word, and sure enough, there it was, buried on page sixty-four that we were getting a lien. So there's been that smoke cloud of illusion where we believe we bought property, and we haven't. We bought a lien. And the only way to get title to the property is to have a land patent. Am I correct, Sherry? Yes. And so right now I have another guy on the team. His name is Cash. He's out finding an attorney who's been successful at creating land patents. So, dear folks here, (laughs) we want everybody wants a land patent. Now, the exciting part of all of this is that Nessera... What is that? Randy, do you know what that stands for? I can't remember. No, I do not. Okay, so Nessera, when it comes through, and it should come through this year, is actually going to cancel all the mortgages anyway because they're illegal. 
you you you've got a mortgage on nothing, okay? And and Nesra is actually going to cancel all the mortgages, so there'll be no mortgage debt. It's going to offer a ten percent flat tax to take care of things, and um, it's going to pay every senior twenty twenty five hundred dollars a month, and maybe every I, I don't want to use the word citizen uh, because as Lonnie pointed out, citizen is only a person that lives in Washington D.C. So we have to stop thinking of ourselves as United States citizens unless we live in Washington, D.C. So he was even talking about how you can get a new driver's license in which it asks you if you're a citizen of the United States, and you can say, no, you're not. So as we begin to unravel all these things, you're almost like Popeye eating spinach. I can feel my muscles starting to pop. So does anybody have any comments on this? Well, I just can I just continue to see more results every day. I just I'm amazed at the changes and the energy that I have and how well I'm sleeping. And <laughs> you're talking about Thrive HDH, aren't you? I am. That's very funny. I went in my seminar Wednesday night it was the last seminar and I shared. I was the last share in the seminar and afterwards people said What's it going on with you? What's been going on with you? Whatever you're doing, I want to do it. So I'm signing up two people on Sunday. Oh, that's great. Randy, you're going to love it. Remember when I was like a little bit stooped over? I couldn't stand up straight? You're supposed to say yes. Are you there? Yes, we all remember that. (laughs) (laughs) No, Falling down the driveway kind of backwards and all that. You were going through a lot. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that they 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 I've been doing this for two months, and um, my family is beginning to notice. And you know, families are the toughest of all. <laughs> so I'm I'm glad that you mentioned the Thrive HGH. So you want to brag about what you're doing now, Abs? <laughs> she Abs. working out? What's happening? He came back to life, Sherry. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm just, you know, just feeling much, much more energy and much more endurance, and I'm just seeing these great changes taking place in my skin and in my um, muscle volume. I'm getting much more muscle, so it's just a very, you know, it's a very positive thing for me. Uh-huh. Well, I got, a, I got a text message, which, by the way, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. I was in the middle of my mortgage stuff, but I got, wahoo! I just ran five miles. Do you remember that? <laughs> days ago? Yeah. Who did that? Sherry did. Wow. How long text did that Sherry? She started out not run? running, and then after mm-hmm. the second or third day, then she ran two miles, and then I got a text message from her, I think it was on Wednesday, wasn't it? And you went, wahoo, five miles. <laughs> yeah, that was Wednesday. Yeah, well, I've got a lot more damage than Sherry has, okay? How old are you? Is it okay to say on the air? Me? Yes. 65. I'm 65. Okay, she's 65, and she was in, I I have, I still have arthritis, but I could actually stand up straight. I could stand up straight before if I made myself stand up straight. Now I'm just standing up straight. Oh, that's great. I'm grateful for that. Um, 
truthfully, though, I can't talk on the sleeping because processing all this stuff about saving my house by June the 12th, I've had a very active mind. <laughs> uh, like, uh, and I was celebrating all last night. I couldn't go to sleep because I was so excited last night. Normally, when I first started on the Thrive HDH, I could sleep like a log. But I got so excited about finding the forgery because, as far as I know, that ends it. By the time I take the forgery, which I've got proof of because I got certified copies of the forgeries, turn it over to the police department, file felony charges on them, I got so excited I could have painted the roof. So I'm going to have to wow. and catch you, up with it. But what you got to keep us posted on that. That's amazing. It is totally amazing, and Randy, what I'm getting out of this is the endurance to be able to do that. Like, I didn't feel good yesterday, and I ended up getting in the car because I knew I needed to get this thing done, and I knew that if I found a forgery, I'd get a boost, but I could hardly climb in the car because I'd been burning a candle at both ends. Well, let me tell you, as soon as I found that, all I could do was chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> no, what In the document saying, Val, what you're Pardon? saying is it's very, very, very significant. The world we live in is so administration and bureaucracy ridden that some of the tasks that we have to perform are energy sapping, and they sap our emotions before we ever get started because they're so complicated yeah. and so voluminous. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah, uh, bureaucracy definitely is uh, uh, on the rise, and it, it's a, it's a life damaging situation. Uh, oh, yes, the wrong kind of bureaucracy. But I also and, want to clear up something for listeners. You guys are writing me saying that you can't take human growth hormone. I've heard it now four or five times because your doctor doesn't like it because it's synthetic. Your doctor is correct. Human growth hormone, a synthetic growth hormone, is not a good thing for you to do in the final analysis. But Thrive HGH is not giving you human growth hormone. It's giving you five amino acids and something called Japanese catnip, and it's supporting your pituitary gland to actually produce your own HGH. People that took those shots, a lot of people have called me about this. They were paying like $2,000 a shot once a month. The lowest I heard was somebody got a deal at 800 okay? When I talked to Dr. Dave about that, he said that that had to do with um, uh, that, the, that the human growth hormone actually replaces, the, it, it stops your pituitary from creating human growth hormone when you take the synthetic or you take the replacement. This product is 5-amino acids and Japanese catnip. It doesn't have any human growth hormone in it. It causes the pituitary to do it, and that's why there are zero side effects other than feeling better to it. So check out uh, www.drvalerienne.hghbreakthrough.com. Once again, www.drdrvalerienne at hghbreakthrough.com. And for the last five years, 
I've been paying for this show out of my own pocket, sometimes more easily than others. And what I'm doing is I'm using this product to actually inspire America and pay for the radio show and also the radio show expansion. And the first month I had done it for a couple of days and I got a whole hundred dollars towards the radio show. This month it's more like five or six hundred dollars towards the radio show. Right now I'm trying to get caught up, okay? I'm not asking you guys for money. I'm asking you for your health and for the expansion of this radio program for for your thing. This is where this money goes, okay? And uh, we've got, right now, we've got, actually got global listeners. So, Randy, we have one listener in the Ukraine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. What part? I mean... It doesn't say. It doesn't say <laughs> what part of the Ukraine. One week, we had 200, 300 listeners in France. And, unfortunately, you re- you probably, you're the one that told me what happened to the guy. Michael Murphy kind of crashed. He is the one that um, did the chemtrails and such. Oh, sure, yep. That show had 300 listeners in France. Wow. Well, we should maybe get somebody on that's an expert in that field again. Just, yeah, you know, see, what happened is route. Michael Murphy, but he was, was part of Murphy Oil, and he, his people that were around him were stealing everything from him, and he, he went a bit wingy over that, and I can see why he would. Okay, so Michael's not a good person to talk about chemtrails right now, except just actually kind of pray for him because he's being ravaged by thieves right now. He's the heir to Murphy Oil, and they're stealing it from him. So that's not a happy place for him. Anyway, he's a terrific guy, and he spent a lot of years working on chemtrails and things of that nature. I swear, it's like People just want to take down something that's good. And that guy was doing great work, and he was funding it through his his family fortunes and such. So, Michael, you know, God bless you. Uh, it seems like every time you get somebody that's really cool, like Trump, I think Trump is really cool. If you take a look at how many promises has, has he broken that he made on the campaign nice. trail? Does anybody know if he's broken any of them? I don't think so. He hasn't been able to work near as fast as he wanted to, I think. What? He hasn't been able to work near as fast as he wanted to. Yeah, no, because he has Congress. (laughs) Right. He has Congress around his neck. But what I'm really appreciating is people like Rand Paul and things like that getting behind him. Yeah, he he has, and he's talked about, you know, the business side of things, the financial side of things, and saying that he's absolutely on track. So that was a good endorsement. Yes, a totally good endorsement. And, um, you know, Rand has uh, Ron as a father. So, you know, this mm-hmm. is a winning team here. So what what do you – does anybody want to say anything they think that we could do more of to um, Sherry or, or Paul or Randy – what would you like to see us as a, a community, as a, as a, as I'm not going to say a United States citizen, as a resident? <laughs> what do we call ourselves now? Go ahead, Sherry. Yes. <laughs> She's got the expert on this. Well, we are actually a state. We're state. You know, we're just like I'm originally from Tennessee, so I'm a Tennessean. So you're actually a state citizen. We are state citizens. 
when you come to California, does that then make you a California citizen? Uh, no, it's not my place of birth. My place of birth is Tennessee, so I'm originally a Tennessean. Okay. Do you, does that affect how you live in California? I don't think it does. Randy, where were you born? In Iowa, Iowa City. And, Paul, you were born in a foreign country. That's correct. So how does he fit in? Not that you don't fit in, Paul. I didn't want to. You know, um, my my U.S. citizenship is uh, a citizenship that I got through naturalization, but in a rather circuitous way through the U.S. Navy. Uh, It's a long story, but... uh, um, So you were in the Navy as well as the Royal Canadian Air Force? No, no. No, I was working as an undergraduate. Um, I had a family already, and uh, of course, um, I had to work part time. I uh, I was working for a consulting firm uh, on uh, nuclear pressure vessels for nuclear submarines, and it was a, a piece of software that was owned by the Navy. I made changes to it. The next thing I know, I have uh, three Navy people in my office telling me that this is as far as I can go. Uh, I now need a secret clearance, but I'm not a citizen. I'm there on a Canadian student visa. So how do I become a citizen? What do I do? How do I get a secret clearance? So the U.S. Navy pulls out a document called Declaration of Intent to file for U.S. citizenship. I signed that document, thereby promising that within a certain date I will file for U.S. citizenship. In the meantime, they initiate the security clearance process so that I can have a security clearance. I asked them jokingly, well, what happens if I don't file for citizenship? Well, that's easy. We deport you to Canada. (laughs) So... But in any event, um, I received my secret clearance fairly quickly, and um, within a month after that, I went to the uh, Cleveland courthouse, and uh, two of the Navy gentlemen were there with me, and I took my oath, uh, went through the tests, a language test, a written test, a history test, and I think I mentioned this before on the call, but that's how I got my U.S. citizenship. So. So it happens in a lot of different ways. I had a a secret clearance when I was 21. Because I worked... But you were a citizen. That's not the same thing. It's a lot easier to get it. I didn't know that this existed, and it it was um, a procedure that short-circuited the typical five-year naturalization process. uh, Cool. That's very cool. I, I, I uh, I got it in five months. But but the the point is irrelevant as to how I got it. The, what is relevant is that you know I am a U.S. citizen uh, by naturalization and uh, and by oath. So uh, you know, and I'm so well, we'll proud. Have to find another... I'm proud to be one. I've got a little flag outside that I haven't <laughs> taken in since Memorial Day weekend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, what the. It's interesting because we have a Tennessean on uh, on the show, 
we have a person who's been naturalized on the show. I'm a native Californian, even though I preferred Canada, to tell you the truth. I was very upset being removed from Canada. But I was actually part of uh, what I would call a witness protection program because my grandfather was busy uh, being a Kabbalist in, in Canada and doing some things that weren't really good. For the first 20, 30 years of my life, I was actually concerned that I had bad blood. You know, I thought it was passed down. So I got really interested in DNA clearing and things of that nature so that I wouldn't be the kind of person that my grandfather was. So I shunned a lot of positions of power that were actually offered to me until I could test myself thoroughly to know that I was reliable and loving rather than a criminal. You wouldn't call him a criminal. You probably would call him, you know, uh, well, you might. He sacrificed people um, along with the cabal and things of that nature, and I observed some of that. So I totally get <laughs> the trauma of Baron Trump, seeing what he saw, because I saw things of that nature when I was young, younger than Baron. And it took me like 40 years to get over them. But I think what's interesting here is that Sherry's talking about being a citizen of the state of, you said Tennessee, I think. Uh Randy, you're a Floridian, right? I am now, yes. Yeah, so, but you were born where originally? Idaho? No, not Idaho. Iowa. Iowa. Everyone always mixes that up. Idaho potatoes, Iowa corn. <laughs> I was the corn. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually an Iowanian, or whatever you call that. Iowan. But none of us actually are U.S. citizens because we're not living in Washington, D.C., so there's a paradigm that starts to get split apart, and that's what waking up in America is all about, is to actually break up the paradigms. That's why I encourage people to go firewalking, for instance, because if you go firewalking, you don't get burned if you do it right. And that's a paradigm, which is fire burns. You know, there's just all kinds of things you can challenge. We've been little hamsters in the cage running around. Uh, what would you like to break out of... Uh, what would you like to create for yourself outside of the paradigm, Randy? You know, I say the same thing over and over. I just want to be happy. I just want peace. You know, I'm not I'm not tree hugger. Every, can't we all just get along? I understand it doesn't work that way necessarily. But, you know, in my own little world, I just want to be happy. I just like smooth sailing. Well, what's the pursuit of happiness? That's what the United States of America stands for. Mm-hmm. So we can certainly stand for happiness and love and generosity and things of that nature. Uh, some of you may uh, know Bernard Gunther, uh, if you were around 20 or 30 years ago, he was a man that people paid a lot of attention to. He created, uh, had a lot to do with the creation of the Esalen Institute. And for a time, uh, he was one of my teachers, and he was just, He told me something once that I think is appropriate here. He told me that the sky is blue and then there's clouds and that we tend to focus on the clouds rather than recognizing the sky is blue. Well, love is the natural course. Happiness is the natural course of things until other things get injected into them. So, Randy, thank you for being a stand for happiness on this show. I would have to say... (laughs) Uh, part of my stand is that we all know what's going on, that that we can 
create happiness, that we can mm-hmm. handle these issues. I've actually laughed my way through the last couple of weeks. Normally, people would be like freaking out if their house was supposed to be sold in two weeks. I just laugh because every time Sherry starts to see something, I go, that's another nail in those buggers' coffin. And then the interesting thing is people have actually been kind to me. You know, when I called up, Sherry told me that I needed to get an get a federal injunction and I and to get it from the sheriff's department and I called up the sheriff's department and they told me no nah, uh, you have to go before a federal judge and prove why you need the injunction and then they'll give me other pieces of information so I, I, I get led to one place and information comes from all over the place so what can I say we're doing oh it's one minute I got one minute in my ear okay this program has been brought to you by Kirkard Intergalactic Media, our radio partners, cloningcompany.com, happily200.com, heaveninincorporated.com, Dr. James Murphy, John Denver, Dr. Joel Wallach, Tippy Hedren, Carol Channing, Deepak Chopra, Ed Asner, Dennis Weaver, Larry Hagman and Esther Williams, Admiral Eugene, Carol Jane Goodall, Jonathan Granoff, Dennis Kirkard, Paul the Plumber, Terry Cole Whitaker, Sherry St. Vincent, David, our descendant of King David, Randy Shannon.com, and that's Randy with an I, Edward F. Group III, Shaleen Nightingale, Dr. Valerie, and doctors all spelled out. Thanks to Paul C. Bragg for leaving us. Christian to continue your work. A big thanks to our team at Voice America. Jess Fennard, our producer, Ryan Treasure, and Randy Jackman, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, Mike Vitale, Mary Flynn, and Ron Simon, and our research director, that rockin' Ron Hayes. To John Young at Totally Gospel, a big thanks for all the airtime and friendship you have given us over the years. A big Ambassador Joseph Chung. Merci beaucoup to Ben Migan for our theme music, Almost Ordinary People, which is available to use a free M3 P3. Next week, and I had a friend to listen. Be kind to yourself and someone else and do that right now. And you're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heaveninincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through, now your heart is open.